On this uh, particular Thursday, Bill Hughes positively flounced into the studio awash in self-congratulations because, of course, last week he achieved the unlikely royal straight flush of pulling four songs from an equally unlikely year of 1986, all of which I agreed with. Of course, he's now working under new stresses because uh, in company with Ireland's political parties, we've given him a gender quota. Uh, 30% of his choices of four uh, have to be female. So, William, welcome to the programme. George, no hard task there at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not scared at all. (laughs) So what year now, by? The year is 1975. Or 11 years back from last year, Mm -hmm. last week. Now, last week you had a stunner. Uh, I wonder, can you do it again? I think, to be honest, unlikely, because I'm a hard taskmaster on the question of music uh, in terms of my likes and dislikes. But you're going to have a bash anyway and try and get at least one out of 1975. So where are you going to start, which will give me a sense of where all this is going? In 1975, I'm going to start in Nashville. Yeah, and I'm going to start. That's a good place to start. I'm going to start with the Queen of Country Music. Yeah, Miss Tammy Wynette, beloved of Hillary Clinton and beloved of most people. Tammy Wynette has a real there's 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 great soft spot in people's hearts for for Tammy, particularly singing "Stand by Your Man." This is great stuff. Tam- I like this stuff. Oh, oh yeah. good, good, good. Because yeah. you know she's quite a quite a character. She co-wrote the song with Billy Sherrill. Uh, she recorded it in 1968. It became a huge hit in America. But for some reason, it didn't cross the Atlantic until 1975. I see. And it crossed the Atlantic to Britain, to Ireland, and they launched it. And it went to number one here and in the UK. <laughs> Straight to number one. So it wasn't just that it sort of dipped its toe in the chart. It came in at number one. And she's quite a woman, uh, she was quite a woman, uh, Virginia Wynette Pugh, uh, and known professionally as Tammy Wynette. She was born in 1942, and then she left us in 1998. And during the late 60s and early 70s, she had 23 number one songs in America. 23 number one songs. For a country singer, I would have thought that was no mean achievement. No, no mean achievement. So along with Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton, she's credited with having sort of defined the role of women in country music during the 70s. And they were just an incredible... That's a body of work coming Give from Give me those three, three again. Tell me when that Dolly Parton had. Loretta Lynn. Oh, Loretta Lynn. Coal Miner's yeah. Daughter. You know yes. that beautiful movie with Sissy yeah. Spacek and Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Yeah. It's a great, great movie. Which Sissy Spacek won the Oscar for? All right. And there you go. There you All go. Right. So, Wynette's marriage to country music singer... George Jones in 1969. That was a controversial marriage because there was a lot of uh, domestic abuse, oh. and it was oh no, it was well charted. So I'm not speaking out of I'm not speaking out of turn here, and I'm not saying anything that, that is on the, on the record. Uh, record it, it ended in divorce in '75, but George Jones and Tammy Wynette were every bit as much a country music couple as Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. And so there was this sense of they were a couple, they performed together, they toured, they had their touring bus, and then they had, like, legions of fans. But to be fair, Tammy Wynette, uh, growing up, she was... Her, her, her own story was, like, a really corny 
country music song. I think they invent these Desperately stories. tragic. I think they invent uh, these really tragic in- lives. Listen, her father was a farmer and he died of a brain tumour when she was nine months old. So you can't really invent that. That's a real history. And that's that's yeah, but there. she's not the only child who died young when her, whose father died when she was young. No, Go on. and then her, she she made a catalogue of of disastrous decisions with men, and there was abuse most of the way along, and uh, abuse uh, through alcohol, through whatever. Um, but so she, she's a mess. She's a mess, and she ended up taking her three daughters, Gwen, Tina, and Jackie, from Birmingham. Uh, and Alabama. Alabama, yes, to Nashville, Tennessee, where she was trying to get a record contract. When she went there, one of the first people she met was Billy Sherrill. Billy Sherrill was a top producer. He liked the tone of her voice. He liked the story she had to tell. They sat down together. They wrote a couple of songs, and one of the songs was Stand By Your Man, and record. she recorded it, and the next thing, she did become the Queen of Country. All right, uh, the the uh, tragic uh, Tammy Wynette, uh, the late Tammy Wynette, and stand by your man. Maybe the Hillary Clinton bus going around America at the moment uh, trying to get elected is probably blaring it out. Anyway, let's have a listen. Sometimes it's hard to be a woman Giving all pure love to just one man You'll have bad times And he'll have good times Doing things that you don't Understand, but if you love him, you'll forgive him, even though he's hard to understand. Oh, he's just a man
the tragedies of a life in that voice. I mean, Great that's place. a tragic voice. Powerful. Uh, also, if you probably couldn't uh, because you came from a tie, but, I mean, if you could jive, you could jive to that sort of in half time. And it was the perfect kind of music for that. I used to go to Dreamland to jive. It, Dreamland in a tie. Really? Yes. I knew how to jive. Okay. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Can we go for a second song? Because you've got a good start here. Well, let's try. Let's try. It's, it's, it's a great song from 1975, in my opinion. It's by a band called The Stylistics. Mm. And the song is I Can't Give You Anything But My Love. It opens with one of the most beautiful uh, alto trumpet solos that just to me, makes American music of the 70s come alive. It's just got that sweet sound of this beautiful trumpet at the top and then the amazing voice of Russell Tompkins Jr. who comes in with his incredibly high falsetto. But the song was, you know, there was this, this the sound of Philadelphia was rivaling Motown. Motown took the crown in the 60s. The sound of Philadelphia was taking the crown in the 70s. And the guy who was running it was Tom Bell. But then these two guys, Hugo and Luigi, and a guy called George David Vies took over. And they started writing the hit songs with arrangements by Van McCoy. Do you remember Van McCoy, Do the Hustle? Oh, yes, of course I do. So Van McCoy did the hustle, and that was a huge hit as well. But these guys, they split from Bell, and they were based at the Brill Building in New York. Hugo and Luigi and they were Luigi Creatore and Hugo Peretti and they wrote this song but in case you don't know who they were they went on to write hits for Perry Como Elvis Presley Sam Cooke they wrote Twistin' the Night Away they wrote Another Saturday Night they wrote The Lion Sleeps Tonight by The Tokens they wrote Little Peggy March's I Will Follow Him and they co-wrote Can't Help Fallin' In Love for Elvis Presley. So th- these guys knew their these way around. The bi- the business, they knew yeah. their way around a popular song. But the Stylistics were a soul music vocal group. Now, they weren't a one-hit wonder. They had wonderful hits like Betcha by Golly Wow, uh, I'm Stone in Love With You, You Make Me Feel Brand New. Absolutely magnificent. And I remember they were one of the first bands to come and play an outdoor concert at the RDS. Now, this was before... Outdoor there was concerts. outdoor concerts. And yeah, so right, the sophistication. Okay. So basically it was a dance hall sound setup and a dance hall set of, of uh, lights out in the middle of a field. Effectively, that's what it was. So it was a disaster. But they were brilliant. And I love that. When you hear this trumpet at the start, okay. I know it's going to give you tingles. Well, I seem to remember this. I can't place it. So it'll be interesting to my reaction after it rather than before it. It's the stylistics and we're coming from 1975 but I can't give you anything.
Well, uh, Bill, I have to tell you, when I heard the first few bars of the alto trumpet, I knew I liked it. I remembered it immediately. It was absolutely fabulous. It reminded me of a great British trumpeter in the 50s called Eddie Calvert. But this was fabulous. I loved it. The falsetto, uh, everything about the stylistics. And I can't give you anything from 1975. What a way for Bill Hughes to take a break. He'll be back with part two of the essential songs of 1975. All right, welcome back. It's uh, Bill Hughes and the Essential Songs of 1975. We heard the great stylistics before the break with I Can't Give You Anything. It was extraordinary music. I adored it. And then earlier on, Stand By Your Man by Tammy Wynette. Two so far uh, really good pieces, Bill. Uh, can you build on that? I'm hoping. Number three? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, I love this guy, Earl Brown. And sadly, he left us. He died of liver cancer this year in his home in the Bahamas on the 6th of May. Earl Brown is known to everybody for having a group called Hot Chocolate. I seem to remember them, but not with any great clarity. Yeah, they they had great hits. He, particularly this song that we're going to have, which is You Sexy Thing. I do remember. You Sexy Thing? Yeah, I do It's a lot of fun. And the way he moved. He moved like an Aladdin genie, you know, coming out of the bottle. That's how he he always moved. But, like, he's an amazing guy. Lester Errol Brown, uh, born back in 1943, as I said, died in May of this year. British Jamaican singer, best known as the front man for Hot Chocolate. They had hits, You Sexy Thing, Emma, You Win Again, Brother Louie, like... Big, but big I don't hits. remember any of them. Really? I wonder why. Well, when I hear the music, I'll mm. remember why. Yeah. I remember you, sexy thing. Yeah. Or maybe I don't remember it. It'll be interesting. Well, he was born in Kingston in Jamaica, but moved to the UK when he was 12. And his break in music, now this is a funny story. In 1969, he recorded a version of John Lennon's Give Peace a Chance with some friends. Now, they weren't able to change the lyrics without Lennon's permission. So he sent a copy to the label, Apple, which was John Lennon's label, and Lennon liked it and approved it. And they were able, and this was just a bunch of kids playing around, but John Lennon gave them permission to release it. So the Hot Chocolate albums were produced by, uh, do you remember a guy, Mickey Most? No. And Mickey Most used to be the most feared, he was the Simon Cowell of the 70s, in the 60s really? and 70s. Okay. He was the Mr. Nasty on all the panels. And they recorded at a place called Rack Studios, R-A-K. Do you remember the label, Rack? It was, okay, well... The, this lost a, me here. Well, there you go. But um, in Brown, Brown left the group in 1985, uh, went on had a solo career, uh, particularly with his single, Body Rockin'. And he got, developed his interest in National Hunt Horses and uh, won some major uh, uh, races, including the horse Gainsay, 
Are you? You're not a, a backer of Now you've double asked me. Okay, now. Well, there you There's go. There's no doubt. Which are Rack Studios <laughs> and horse racing. Let's. Take okay. Well, one no, thing. One thing. Well, one thing. Song. One thing he did do. He got to perform this song at the royal wedding for Diana and Charles did he really? at Diana's request. Yes. And he he was. I thought Elton John was the big. No, not there. at the wedding. Not oh, at the wedding. So this right. was back. Uh, in 1981, he got to perform at the wedding reception in Buckingham Palace and he performed You Sexy Thing. I wonder how the Queen felt about it. Actually, no, I wonder how the Duke of Edinburgh felt about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the Duke of Edinburgh was only 60-odd at that time, given he's about 100 now. Anyway, it's um, You Sexy Thing from Hot Chocolate, another choice of an essential song of 1975 by my man, Bill Hughes. <laughs> Hot chocolate, new sexy thing. I remember that I didn't like it now. But the interesting thing, <laughs> interesting thing about me, because rhythm is more important, obviously, than song. I recognised the song after the first few bars of the opening bit. I knew I knew it, if you know what I mean. If there's ever a competition on radio to recognise songs by the opening bars. Yeah, it's uh, called I, Name That Tune. Yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's called it's, Name yeah, That yeah. Tune. Somebody's already thought of it. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Anyway, no, it was all right, like. I remember though, but even the fact that I can remember it indicates it impacted on on my uh, brain. Did you, you ever know? dance to it? In nineteen seventy-five, no, no. no. dancing days dancing. were over, were they? Yeah, shoes Not were hung by up. much. I was mm. married six years. Mm. You don't dance really when you're married. That hangs in the silence there between <laughs> us. Just between the two microphones, I can just see that one hanging there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll leave it there. But then you go to the odd wedding. It's interesting. You go to the odd wedding and there'd be another married woman there from the 60s, you know, who used to go to the rugby clubs on a Saturday night and you'd you'd know each other, you know, and then we'd say at some point, listen, will we do an old twirl at the dance? It used to be great. And I did that at my daughter's wedding, believe it or not, my youngest daughter. And I did it at my eldest daughter's wedding. Oh, very good. Yeah, well, I found somebody who, you know, the mother of somebody who was my age and could <laughs> dance to 60s music. Well, All right, look, we're going to close. You got two out of three, which isn't bad. The the elusive Royal Straight Flush is hard to get. We got it for 1986, where... All four songs uh, I really loved last week. We've got two out of three. This one? I'm hoping you like it. 
It's Bohemian Rhapsody. I Queen. Yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on forever. That's it does. It does a bit. Yeah, it but does. But I a bit. love it. But it's a whole opera in one song. Like it's he's got the whole Freddie Mercury's vision for this song was that it was like a mini opera. I think I saw some kind of tribute band in London doing that. I think. Well, you would have seen um on the great concert that was held to Marcus passing and to commemorate no, his I life. No, was, this was live somewhere. Uh, yeah, live. I know, he... but it wasn't at a big concert. Oh. This was a small Oh, you concert. saw it. You yeah, saw it. I was there. Gosh, I wonder where that could have been. I think it was a rugby function that had something to do with London Irish for some extraordinary reason. I could be wrong. Well, there you go. Well, it was written... It's a song performed by Queen, but written by Freddie Mercury. It's from their 1975 album, A Night at the Opera. The song has no chorus as such. Instead, it consists of three main parts. It's a ballad, uh, and it ends with a guitar solo. Then it's an operatic passage, and then it's a hard rock section. And at the time, it was the most expensive single ever made. Remains one of the most elaborate recordings in the history of popular music. Uh, it's just massive. And when you mention it, everybody knows exactly what you mean that you say Bohemian Rhapsody. It, it's, it's, it's an iconic, I, that word gets so abused, but it is an iconic song. So Queen were made up of Freddie Mercury on lead vocals and piano, Brian May on guitar and vocals, John Deacon on bass guitar and Roger Taylor on drums. And uh, Roger Taylor and Brian May still work together. John Deacon went off and did his own thing. And Freddie, as you know, left us. Freddie, uh, you know, as a songwriter, composed most of the hits for Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody, Killer Queen, which I adore. Somebody to Love, Don't Stop Me Now, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, We Are the Champions. Like, they're all such fantastic anthems. He had a great sense of the theatrical and the operatic. And, you know, from his, his beginnings as a Parsi, born in the Sultanate of Zanzibar, where he grew up until his mid-teens, you know, he's, he then brought all this exoticness to the music. And then the art college uh, that he, he went to, the, the bohemian friends that he mixed with, the readings that he did, the understanding of classical music, and it all distilled through his mental brain into fabulous creations like Bohemian Rhapsody. All right. Uh, well, it's a pretty long version, uh, and uh, we we should because it's such an extraordinary piece of music. Uh, we should give it uh, a reasonable play. It's the wonderful Queen uh, with Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Bill Hughes. Another great year in nineteen seventy-five. Who knows uh, who'll we get next year, next week when Bill will be back? But now, for now, I leave you in the tender loving care of Queen. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide No escape from reality Open your eyes Look up to the skies and see I'm just a Go little high, little low. Anyway, the wind blows, doesn't really matter to me. To me, 